What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Dean seven out of four. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's five o'clock on the East Coast, East Coast, two o'clock on the West Coast, four o'clock Tennessee time. So, of course, of course, that means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. Let's call Grinders Live. Join me today for, I believe, the first time this year, the California Kid, two o'clock out there on the West Coast. It's Bob's Light. What's going on, Bob's? Not too much. It's uh, it's been a while. It's my first show. I'm probably gonna be a little rusty, but uh, glad to be on with you. Nah, you you got some reps in pre-show. I think you're good to go. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not gonna assume you're gonna have a uh, an umpire rant for us or some sort of rant. Do you have any rants on, on layaway? I'm sure you do. Yeah, it's, I think that's your job to get them out of me. Pretty good at it. <laughs> the people love the rants. Uh, why are we on early today? I'll tell you guys why we're on early today because there's basketball and there's baseball and basketball locks today at six thirty. So premium members, crunch time today starts at six ten. 610 to 630 is basketball. 630, the baseball lock, which is like 705 or 707 or 710, that's baseball. So the first 20 minutes of crunch time, 610 to 630, you get Andy Means, you get Kevin Roth. Kevin Roth working double duty. He'll talk about the baseball as well. Well, we'll talk about baseball weather, and I believe it's uh, Derek Cardi and STL Cards talking baseball for the, like, the last 40 minutes or so because, yeah, we want to make sure the premium members are taken care of for both baseball and basketball. That's why we're on here early. Uh, sharp side at, oh, I should say this, by the way, we just did a, a baseball card show or a sports card show. So, um, if I missed anything, if I say anything goofy or if something weird happened in baseball bogs in the last uh, hour or so, or something funky with lineups, I didn't see anything. So I just jumped off one show and jumped back down here. And I'm not sure if you saw this box. Uh, I, the, uh, Mike Trout, a one of one Mike Trout baseball card. I'm not sure if you're aware, just sold for like $4 million. Uh, Vegas Dave sold it. Allegedly. He bought it a couple years ago. Couldn't happen for a nicer guy getting a, making such a nice profit. Um, so, it, yeah, it, they didn't announce who the buyer was. If I pull up your Twitter account, Boggs, all it is is trout missile, trout missile, trout missile. I, two and two adding up. Are you potentially do – don't confirm that I just got to blink twice or something. Did you buy the Mike Trout card for $4 million? $4 million? I don't have $4 million to uh, to spend on uh, baseball cards. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did hear about that. It was, uh, that's, a, that's pretty wild. I think it was – for more than uh, Honus Wagner, yeah, uh, uh, the T two hundred six, I believe, was like yeah, that was like three million and change. Yeah, I saw the picture of the card. It's like the worst baseball card you could ever think of for a guy like Mike Trout. It doesn't look impressive or anything, but um, it's a one of one. It's the only one in, in existence. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's hey, if you've got the uh, the coin to uh, spend on memorabilia, then you know, I guess that money doesn't really matter much people that uh, have that much money. So. <laughs> Did you not clip cards as a kid, as a youngster? Was not, is that your thing? Yeah. So unfortunately, it was hockey cards, and those aren't really worth more than their, their uh, weight in paper. But, um, you know, things are starting to turn around, it sounds like, for the sports card industry as a whole. And hopefully one day my uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, hockey cards will be worth something. There you go, man. Uh, hey, what's up, YouTube? Like, subscribe. Much appreciate that. We'll do our best to interact with you guys uh, throughout the show. Uh, SharpSide, uh, we're going to go ahead and drop that link to the SharpSide app. We talk about it all the time. we got to pick a winner, get a streak going. I believe if you get a streak of six or more uh, of, of your lock bets, you start making money over there. You get the money on FanDuel. Uh, I think my streak's at one. And my pick, it wasn't an official pick. I didn't lock it in because it was like minus one. Uh, what was my official pick? Oh, Texas was my official pick. Last. No, it wasn't official. I just threw it out there. But Texas was a winner yesterday nonetheless. Uh, Boggs, you got a winner for us today for the people? Uh, I, I did not get that, but uh, I'm liking the Rockies a little bit. Maybe hopefully a little bit more than uh, most people. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I have a, I took the over in the game uh, in 2020 where Adam Wainwright is throwing baseballs against Matt Harvey. How do you feel about that's, that? Uh, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> it's nine last I saw. That's why I locked it in. I'm not sure if it's adjusted or not. But uh, all right. Give me give me the screenshot as far as the slate box because the pitching is wild. You, there's a big opportunity cost of pitchers. Uh, great pitching slate for sure. There are some places to attack as far as the bats. No, uh, no, no team has a, a team total of six or anything like that. You know, it's not a complete wild number out there. But there's you know we want to we want to attack Matt Harvey and there's a couple other teams out there that are worth looking at as well too. But uh, before we dive in and break it down position by position. What is your, uh, your your motive of attack as far as the slate? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great overall slate. I mean, you've got elite pitching up at the top. Um, you've got some other guys a little below the elite guys, but in arguably better matchups. Um, you've got 
couple value pitchers, but um, it's a slate that I like because you know me, I'm a guy that likes to pay up a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately on this slate, once you get down below a guy like Chris Paddock, uh, it's slim pickings. Um, so I, I'm not expecting any uh, of these bottom of the barrel pitchers to, uh, you know, get, have one of those starts where they'll go, where they'll, you know, somehow luck into 20 points. Um, so it's, it's a slate that I'm going to pay up a pitcher. There's enough value hitters out there um, where I think it makes sense to, uh, to at least get one of the top dogs up there, those top four guys. Yeah, I paid up for pitcher last night. And me and you have the same general philosophy as well when it comes to pitchers. And just arms are more predictive than bats, and that's that. Like in any given day, any terrible bat can be the best bat. That's how it works out. Arms, much less likely to happen. Uh, today, there's many pitchers that are worth paying up for. And let's kind of run down the line. Let's start at the top here. Uh, well, it depends where you're shopping, I suppose. Beaver's 12K on Fandle. He's the most expensive guy over there. Now he's the most expensive player on DK as well. Uh, and justifiably so. He's got what? the I, I don't have the the plate IQ up in front of me, like 43% as far as his K rate this season, which is completely absurd. I know it's kind of sort of small sample size stuff, but like it's, it's real and it's happening uh, is, you know, and then of course you have Garrett Cole. We'll talk about him in a second. G Leith was a stud. Uh, Castillo's, you know, he had an amazing first game. He's kind of been hit and miss since then. He hasn't really had a ceiling game, but now he's got a matchup against, you know, Milwaukee, which offers a fair bit of K's. And then we'll talk about the underpricing. I think an underpricing of Paddock, which you kind of referenced. I think a, uh, Manaya's in that conversation too. If you want to have the Paddock versus Manaya, and I suppose Ermon Ermon Marquez, you can kind of give that conversation. And otherwise, there's you know there's not a lot of other dudes I want to think about as far as pitchers. But it's got to work our way down here, Boggs, because Beeb's uh, 10.8k on DK. I want to say he's 12k on Fandle. The next price is 11k, which is Garrett Cole. Uh, can't really play him in cash over there. It's really restricting as far as your lineup. So he can absolutely be a stud, and uh, you can make it work. But I want to have a little bit of salary flexibility for bats. Uh, talk to me about Bieber. Is he just the best pitcher and that's that like in, in the planet? Like currently, is that, is that true? Well, he's certainly, uh, so far this season has been the best pitcher and it's, I'm really not particularly close. I mean, you know what you're going to get when you pay up for a guy like him, he's got elite control command of all of his pitches. Um, not the most ideal matchup, but you know, the twins, they can still strike out. And if he can navigate around the top, you know, four hitters in that lineup, then there's plenty of strikeouts to be had for Beaver. The guy also has an incredibly long leash, which is what you want when you pay it for pitcher. Um, There's really no red flags here for me. I mean, you could maybe make the case that, you know, Cole is a better pitcher overall, which might be the case. Um, But like I said, Beaver's been more consistent than Cole. Uh, I'm giving the edge to him. And, you know, despite, you know, Maybe maybe not facing elite offenses so far this year. You know, that's just uh, the state of baseball. He's going to see a lot of these AL Central and NL Central teams. So it's uh, it's uh, there's no red flags for Beaver for me. Um, I think that you could make a case for just going down to Cole uh, if you need the savings on Fanduel. But you know, where they're similarly priced, um, I- I'm like in uh, Beaver a little bit more tonight. Let me, let me make the case against Beaver. And again, I don't want to do this. Well, I'm just doing it just for the sake of the conversation. And if you're going to poke holes, the holes to poke in are, you know, the, the, I'm pulling up the plate IQ right now. We'll show that guys on the screen as far as the last two years, 2019 and 2020 plate IQ here at Uh part of your premium package. Uh, it's a very contact heavy offense, a lot of power, you know, green means good. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot, all the green as far as the isolated power, all the green as far as the Woba, you know, especially the first five hitters here from Minnesota. And they're pretty contact heavy as well. The only guy, you know, Sano's got plenty of power, but they also strike out a ton. 38.7% versus the average righty. 26.2% for uh, Nelly Cruz, the boomstick. Uh, at the bottom of the lineup, you got Jeffers in a small sample size. You know, Gonzalez as well with 21%. But collectively, Boggs, 19.6%, you know, pretty contact-heavy lineup, a rise at 9.9%. He's not going to – Homer will probably ground out or pop out, I mean, which is nice, I guess. That's fine. Not exactly what you want. K's are king. So is that, you know, something to consider? Of course, Again, Bieber is not the average pitcher, but 19.9%, uh, 19.6% uh, collectively is not ideal, correct? Well, yes, you could, you could say that. Um I'll also make the counterpoint that, uh, you know, he Bieber mowed down 13, uh, <laughs> the same twins earlier and his second start of the year. And you could say that the Pittsburgh is a very contact heavy team 
don't necessarily strike out as much. Same with the Royals. They like to just, you know, free swinger, you know, don't like to get fall behind in the count, but he's still been able to have success against those type, types of uh, teams as well. And, you know, look, I, I said it's not without a little bit of risk, but at the same time, those guys that do have the high contact at bottom of the order, um, they don't scare you. And, you know, if he's not necessarily striking striking these guys out, then they're easy outs, and it's going to allow them to go deeper in the game. Yeah, you mentioned Cole. Let's talk about him. I have him on the, on the play IQ as well, too. And, you know, Atlanta, we always talk about Atlanta's a pretty contact-heavy team, and that's changed with Duvall being in the everyday lineup and Riley being in the everyday lineup. Acuna is back, and he's awesome, but he also strike out plenty, 20, 26.7%. Swanson at the top as well, 24.9%. Now, Marquecas is back, which isn't ideal because Marquecas is a pest. Uh, he's not a bat you're afraid of, but he's probably not going to strike out. He's probably going to give you a tough at bat, uh, 13.8% there. But, um, yeah, you mentioned Garrett Cole, 38.5% as far as his Ks the last two years. And also, he's got a pretty big split as far as striking out more lefties than he does righties. We're only seeing, uh, what, three lefties in this lineup? Again, poking holes because there's so many good options. Uh, and But you're still saying Cole's your guy, or is he not so much your guy? Or is it 1-1-A? One one I think you can double barrel it. You can make that work on DK as well. Yeah, you absolutely can, you know, um, especially with one of the top offenses, which we'll get to later. But um, like I said, it's uh, there's probably a little bit more strikeout upside in that Braves line, like you alluded to, but um, there's also some guys that are really going to make Cole work. Um, Freeman in particular, he, I mentioned Marquecas, he's back in the lineup. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, the, the upside is there for Cole and if he was pitching leading up to this game, like he had been towards the end of the last season, then I think you could certainly make a case for, you know, playing him over Bieber, you know, 10 times out of 10. But like I said, Bieber's coming in, he's been more consistent. He, they're both essentially matchup proof. I, I expect them both to have good games and I want both of them. Um, it's just, uh, are you going to be, uh, comfortable, with these, some of these punt plays that are out there. Some of them are, are good. Um, don't get me wrong. And we can talk about them later, but um, yeah, it's really one, a one B uh, I'm probably going to have a little bit more Bieber on DraftKings. I could, um, like I said, if, if you don't, if you want that extra thousand dollar savings on FanDuel, um, I don't think Bieber's that much better than Cole over there. Yeah. And the build matters obviously. And on DK, uh, it used to be really, really hard to go double barrel. First of all, these guys used to be like 11K and 12K. Maybe that'll change. And it used to be very hard to find guys that are 2K on DK. And players that are 2K or 2.5 or 2.7 on DK are so much more valuable than players that are 2K or 5K or 2.5K on Fandle. Just understanding a lot of construction works. Uh, and again, it just, the variance of positions, you see guys, hitters that are over 6K, but now if there's other hitters that are 2K, you can absolutely make it work. Uh, then there's Giolito, and, you know, we'll do the screen share one more time as far as the put IQ. Let's just do this season just for fun because just to show off how terrible Pittsburgh has been, Boggs, I'm sure you're looking at this as well as far as the play IQ, and we talked about as far as the colors. It's dummy proof. I, I can just look at this and say it's all red for the WOBA. Everybody's red when it comes to the weighted on-base average for Pittsburgh outside of Polanco, who's like pink. And he's got a little – he's got green for isolated power. Everybody else just dreadful. Even Bell has been dreadful this year. Uh, Giolito, big K's this season, 31.7% is, you know, the tricky part with him, of course, is that he walks too many guys, 11.3%. But guess what, Bugs? This starting lineup does not walk. <laughs> They're just awful. They don't do anything well. So does that give you a little more confidence in rostering Giolito? Because, like, he wants to walk people, but these guys are like, no, we'll just strike out. We're cool with that. So your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, I- I'm not going to disagree with anything you said. Uh, me, personally, I'm not into – just the 2020 numbers so so far. Uh, I'm still waiting for a little bit of bigger sample size. So I'm looking back at, you know, dating back to last year. Uh, but the, nothing really changes, especially when yeah. it comes to the walks. Uh, with respect to Giolito, look, I just don't trust him as much as I trust Bieber and Cole. Um, I think that there's more of a risk of, you know, it's kind of sometimes him against his, you know, himself yeah. um, out there. So, look, I mean, there's no really red flags. I have no problem paying for Giolito. You get some savings. But as a result, I think he's going to be a little bit more popular um, 
well, I mean, look, he should be popular. I'm not going to dog the matchup. I'm not going to, I can't find any really holes. It's it's a good matchup anyway you shake it. But um, I just, I would prefer Cole and Bieber over him. And My my biggest issue with Giolito is that Cole is just a little bit more and Bieber is just a little bit more. That's my qualm. Yeah, it's it, it's it's some savings, and if you need him, by all means. But uh, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, go out of my way when I prefer Beaver and Cole. Uh, I just went ahead and pulled up the, the lineup HQ. I'm always curious to see the umpire data. Uh, Bob, this is where we get the rant. I'm curious how much you favor umpire data. Uh, I, I like to look at the extremes as far as extreme hitters, umpires, extreme pitchers, umpires. This is what we have so far. We got most of them. Uh, Matt Harvey and Wayne, Adam Wainwright have an extreme pitchers umpire, so maybe I shouldn't have locked in the over. I don't know. We'll see how that affects things. Uh, Jose Quintana and Turnbull have an extreme hitters umpire. Uh, Woodruff and Chatwood have an extreme hitters umpire, and Luis Castillo also has an extreme hitters umpire. Which you know, Castillo is one of those guys. I, I like him getting the corners, man. We'll talk about him in a second. And he hasn't really had like this monster game since you know the, this first game of the year against Detroit. But now we say that same Milwaukee team that we like Bauer against last night, and there are plenty of Ks there. There's, there's certainly some power as well, too. Not a great ballpark to pitch him, but you got to hit the ball as well, too. Um, Louis Castillo, where does he sort of fit into the conversation, or is he kind of in that Gilito bucket where he's good, uh, but maybe this isn't the slate for him because Cole and Bebo are right there and not much more? Yeah, I'm kind of taking the wait-and-see approach with Castillo. I mean, like you mentioned, he had one great start. He's just kind of been going through the motions. Um you know, personally, and it's completely anecdotal, I, I just think sometimes he doesn't get up for certain games. You know, this being a division game could certainly change it. We know he has the stuff, but, you know, sometimes, especially when you get down to, like, the bottom of the order, he's just uh, – it seems like he's just not as motivated to go out there and, you know, strike out guys like, say, the top of the order for the Brewers would be. But again, that's anecdotal. Uh, I don't know if it really means much. I think that if there is a matchup where he would get up for it, like I said, it would be this one um, since it is a division rival opponent. Um, but look, it, you know, there's enough red flags for me where I don't think you need him. Um, certainly if you do uh, and you're paying it for a high price stack or something, I have no real problem with him. There's certainly upside there. But uh, I'm probably not going to have as much of him. I certainly prefer Giolito to him. Um, and uh, look, I mean, it is a hitter's park. The roof's open out there in Milwaukee. So there's a little bit of risk. But um, I-, I like Giolito much better if you're if you're asking me between the two of them. Yeah, and Castillo, you know, hitter's umpire. He's got some walk issues, 9.9% walks in the last two years. Uh, you know, Yelich is out there. We'll take a walk. Smoke Monster will take a walk. Urias will take a walk as well, too. Uh, there are some Ks in this lineup, 24.7% as far as striking out. There's some power as well with, you know, with Smoke and Yelich and Hura. Uh, even Abbasiel Garcia, you know, one through four has got plenty of power. Braun, not the same guy he used to be, but there is still some some pop in that bat. Um, yeah, and it, my, again, my issue keeps coming back to, like, it's not that much harder to grab the guys I like a little bit more. So, like, why not do it? Of course, you can bring in ownership into the conversation that can kind of affect things as well. And that's sort of where it falls off the table, at least at this price level for me. You tell me otherwise, like Julio, Julio Arias at 9.5K, like Dave Roberts gives him the hook so early. He can't pitch, uh, you know, more than like 80 pitches sometimes. Uh, and it's K-Rate's not even where you want him to be. You know, he's not the guy you want him to be. You know, he's not, not a fully fledged out prospect just yet. I think that's a ridiculous price. I know you're supposed to be, feel free to stop me if you, if you disagree. Um, Chatwood at 9.1K coming back from the IL. I know Detroit's a good matchup, but I'm not a Chatwood, a Chatwood truther, and I just cannot justify that price. The no-go for me. Thoughts? Yep. No, I, I'm right there with you. Um, no interest in, in Urias. Uh, Chatwood probably going to be a, on a strict pitch count. Um, I just generally have a rule where I don't, you know, especially pay up for guys that are coming off the DL, especially with the – you know, a back injury, I guess, wouldn't be as bad as like a shoulder, but it's still an injury that prevented him from going out there and towing the mountain in his last outing. So uh, he's certainly going to be a, a guy that I have no interest in. And really, you know, we can we could just go all the way down to, to Paddock. But um, maybe you have a thought on Woodruff is just Woodruff is just too inconsistent. He doesn't go deep enough. Is that kind of the issue with him? Yeah, and it's 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 not like a matchup that scares me. I mean, Cincinnati doesn't scare me. Um, and Woodruff has good stuff, 
but he just doesn't go deep enough into games in it. And I just don't see, uh, I don't see him burning you if you fade him. All right, let's talk about Paddock. Uh, he just seems a little bit too cheap here on DK. And again, uh, you could still make lineups work with double barrel, but like Paddock opens up a few more bats for you and just depends how you want to build your lineup. Uh, if you want to stack up an expensive stack, uh, stack to some extent. Uh, but tell me why you like Paddock versus the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I mean, well, it's not to like. Um, <laughs> look, he's going to be highly owned. He's probably going to be the highest owned pitcher, um, but for good reason. I mean, he's uh, he's a stud. He's going up against uh, a very inconsistent offense. I know that, you know, I've tried uh, my luck uh, streaming pitchers against the Mariners for the better part of the season, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work out. But at the same time, like I said, these guys are very inconsistent. They've called up a bunch of young kids. Um, their strikeouts that he had. Uh, really, the only red flag is that, you know, Pat doesn't necessarily go that deep. And yeah. he's not a guy that, you know, generally will strike out 10 plus. But, uh, you know, he's relatively safe. He's efficient. Uh, he has good stuff. And it's it's a good matchup at home. You get plenty of run support. Um, there's really not much not to like about Paddock in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, we're hoping for six innings, basically. The quality start is kind of like something we're, we're, we're pulling for as well. I'm refreshing here. I want to see if Seattle put out their lineup just yet, or maybe they haven't because it's a little... Okay, so the projected lineup for Seattle. Uh, now, he is vulnerable to lefties. He's, I don't want to say, an a- about an average pitcher, average pitcher from a K perspective versus lefties, much more dominant against righties. And we're projected to see with four or five lefties, Crawford, uh, Haggerty, Seeger, you know, Fraley, Long, obviously not the most imposing of lefties as a collective, but is Ks versus lefties the last two years is – I don't want to say pedestrian, but about league average, 22.3%, 30% versus righties. Uh, you mentioned some of the rookies. You know, Lewis has shown a lot of power, but, of course, he struck out a good bit as well, too, at 27.3%. White, the same deal at 42% as far as striking out. But, um, yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't have a ceiling game, but you're looking for six, maybe two earned runs, six to seven Ks. Is that kind of the – is that sound about right to you? Uh, well, I don't think he's going to give up two runs. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I guess anything could happen. Uh, yeah, so it, it, that's 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 right on. I mean, it, it's a great matchup. We just got done, got done talking about how how bad the Pittsburgh's been. I know Seattle's maybe been a little bit better, but you know, coming into the year, this was one of the lineups that uh, was not projected to do too much offensively. So you could say that some of arguably they've been getting a little bit lucky. I know guys like Seager are not easy outs and then the kid Kyle Lewis he's he's a stud but he's outside legit. of that yeah uh, there's nothing that scares me now on it so in that conversation if you're going to pivot off you, you talk about Paddock being chalky and I think I was looking at ownership stuff of course it's not precise the closer and closer we get the lock the more and more uh, it gets refined and we're still an hour and a half out we, we have a uh, Cole Bieber and Paddock for what it's worth as far as ownership and Gilito which is no surprise those are the guys we've talked about um let's talk about Manaya. You know, great matchup here against Texas. Texas is just dreadful. Uh, they did bench Gallo yesterday. I assume it was just sort of like a mental day off. It was a lefty. He's facing our lefty today in Manaya. Uh, is Odor in the lineup? Yeah, Odor's not in the lineup because he's like one for his last 40 versus lefties or something like that. And they wanted to give him a day off as well, too. The rookie they called up yesterday, Tavares, was leading off for him. But, you know, plenty of Ks. Santana strikes out a good bit. Gallo, ton of Ks. He's not homering. Chirinos as well, too. But Manaya is not like this case of on either. Uh, you know, twenty two point six percent this season. I know, and I agree with you. I, I want I want to extend back to last year. These guys are always changing, but I also like the bigger sample as well too. So it's kind of a push pull for me. Uh, do you think Manaya is an interesting pivot away from Paddock? Not necessarily. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he's in play. There's there is a path for him to potentially, I guess you could say, outscore Paddock. Um, but he hasn't been you know, great. He's just it, been like, yeah. Yeah. He's just been mediocre. And, you know, sometimes that's all you need, especially against this, these uh, Rangers these days. But um, yeah, like he hasn't even gone what past 80 pitches in an outing. They're still kind of working him back. And he's just a guy uh, that is certainly a guy that can get in his own head at times. Um, I, I still, I mean, I, I think I read that they're going to close the roof. I was hoping it would be open. Why is it so hard to get information on this, by the way? Because it seems like every day it's a struggle to find out if the room's open. Yeah, and then you can look up, go look up in the, on the uh, Diamondbacks website, and they'll tell you for the whole week what the plan is. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, opening I, up in the fourth inning. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's that detailed. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, look, it's. Um, I won't say he's not playable, but I I, I think it's too much of a risk for me. Uh, I'd rather eat chalk with Paddock than uh, take that risk um, because it's it's only a matter of time before some of these hitters for, for Texas will turn things around. They've got some veteran guys that, that know they know that Manai is not going to go out there and throw 100 pitches. So guys like Gallo is bad and much as they strike out against lefties, they'll make him work. Um, you know, you get, you got guys at the bottom of the order that just don't really strike out that much. Um, so it's not an imposing lineup. And I know that strikeouts are there to be had, but um, a guy like Manaya, it doesn't mean you get free strikeouts. <laughs> They're not free, you know, so. He's got to work for him. He's not, yeah, he's not a great K guy. He's fine. It's not, I, you know, it's not optimal. And that, that kind of leads me to another guy in that same similar price point. He's out of course, Armand Marquez, uh, you know, against an Arizona team that was pretty chalky yesterday, but it's not a great lineup for Arizona. It's been kind of a disappointing lineup this year, if you're going to be honest about it. You know, I like that both the Martes are pretty solid. Calhoun is a tough out, especially, you know, lefty ready versus Marquez. And that's, you know, historically, that's, that's who's going to get to him is, is the lefties. Uh, Peralta, I presume, is going to bat fourth as well. Uh, is Marquez a potential pivot? Or maybe they'll just go double mid, like a, a roster a guy like Marquez with Paddock and have at it as far as the bats. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I certainly rather play Marquez because he has maybe not more strikeout potential, but uh, he's has the ability to go deep. And like you mentioned, Arizona, they've been struggling offensively. Um, so in for their lineup, but you would expect a, quite a bit, bunch of lefties. And really the risk comes with the, with the roof being open out there tonight. And Did you well, call you the can, hotline? Do we know what the story is with the roof? <laughs> You just got to look at the website, man. Uh, they let you know it's going to be open. And, and look, you can make, you can talk about the humidor all we want, but uh, it's dry heat and uh, the ball flies when that roof's open out there in Chase Field. And I don't care. Humidor be damned. Um, that's why I like this game probably a little bit more for offense than I, than I do for starting pitching, even with two struggling offenses. Um, but I don't hate Marquez. Uh, I certainly like him more than Manaya. I think he has the ability to go deeper than Paddock, uh, but it's still not enough to tilt me one way or the other. So that's basically it for me as far as pitchers that I'm considering. That's my list. Uh, I think it's worth noting that Ian Anderson is going to be making. I think it's his debut in MLB, correct? I'm probably certain for the Braves. Uh, number three pick overall, monster stud, throws high. You know, with 96, 97. They're talking about. Rose gas, but like like, like, a lot of young, like, like a lot of young pitchers, uh, you know, he can get wild. He can get strikeouts, and he can get wild. And I can imagine if he gets wild, he'll get a quick hook. Uh, and the Yankees locked in for nine innings. I know it's a beat-up Yankees team. It's not your friend of like three months ago's Yankees team. Uh, they did get Judge back tonight for what it's worth, so Judge and Acuna both joining that game. But uh, he's 5-5 on Fandle, but there's a monster opportunity cost. I, I just thought it was interesting as far as the price on Fandle. I, I don't think I'm going to go there. I'm only playing tournaments over there, and I'm not playing enough laps to justify it. 8-1 on DK can't do it. Uh, if not anything else, I just want to watch him pitch. I'm curious because everything I read about him, like he was in the Futures game. He looked electric there apparently. Um, I don't know. Thoughts on Anderson and what to do here or just going to pick on him with the Yankees? Yeah, he's not going to make it out of the third inning. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so the Yankee stack is a, is a thing. I like it. Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good pivot as far as the bats. Uh, let's start off at catcher, which is pretty gross. Well, hey, if you want to spend up, you can get yourself some of uh, Gary Sanchez. Is that something that you're considering? Well, not necessarily him, but I, I like that top five in that order for the Yankees. They they they're going to make this kid work. And like I said, I don't. I think as a result, he's probably not going to come in with a long leash, and uh, I think he's going to exit with a lot of pitches. Um, so that's part part of the reason why I, I like the Yankees and. You know, plus it's a it's a it's a hitter's park. It's got a, it's it's humid out there in Atlanta. Um, so yeah, not necessarily in love with Sanchez, but uh, I, I do like the rest of that Yankees order. Well, what about we'll talk about the Yankees later, of course. But what about the catchers? You got to roster some catcher. Uh, are you, do you fall in line with everybody else? Or a lot of people that say, well, just pick the catcher in your stack. Do you, I mean, do you like catcher one off? Sometimes depends on the slate. The slate depends on the player. Well, what's your thought as far as catcher today? Because like it normally is, it's, it's fairly gross. Yeah. I mean, look, outside of Contreras, who would probably be part of a, a stack, I'm probably looking to spend down. Um, 
you know, fortunately, there's a guy, Caratini, probably my top overall guy, um, if I'm not stacking the uh, the Cubs. Um, he's in the lineup. Um, he's he's 2.6 games, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a pretty good matchup. So he'd probably be the guy that I'm really looking forward to. I don't really have any hot takes at the catcher position tonight. Like you mentioned, it's pretty gross. I mean, Yadier, um, but uh, yeah. Really outside of Yadier in that mid-range Contreras at the top. Um, if you want to play Sanchez, you know, be my guess. But, um, uh, yeah, it's really – I'm kind of looking to spend down position tonight. Yeah, I mean, Cam Gallagher is 2.1K against Batman Wainwright. Like, he's not good, but, you know, he's 2.1K. You can just get, get out of the position fairly cheap. And uh, worth noting, I suppose, he's 2.6K. It's kind of baked in, but Caratini, decent chance. So there's an actual real chance he gets pinch hit for uh, vaguely, we've seen pitch up more. They're rolling out two catchers. I, I think one of them is DHing. I assume that's what's going on there. Do you know this, Bugs? Yeah, one of them's got to be, unless uh, Rizzo is DHing. Yeah. One of them's at first. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah. Caratini's uh, DHing. So there's a there's a legit chance. Like Caratini is not your prototypical DH. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I at the heard. same at the same time, he's a switch hitter. I, I don't expect him to get pinch hit for. Him. All right. Well, I saw I had him the other night, and, and Fagley came in for him, and I was tilting. So the, maybe it's just a you know a, a small sample size and an outlier, I suppose. But first base is uh, much more exciting than, than catcher. Is anything's more exciting than catcher? Uh, first baseman, uh, what are we looking at? And you know, you talk about the Yankees. Is there certain teams that you're targeting today as far as stacks? Yeah, and I wish I would be able to narrow it down more. I, I might make a couple cuts here. I wanted to get down to five, but I like eight teams tonight. Um, Do you want to run them off? Sure. Uh, I like the Yankees. I like the Cubs. Uh, I like Oakland. Um, I like them more, but they've kind of messed up their lineup a little bit. Um, Grossman batting second. Yeah. um, I like the White Sox. I like the Cardinals, um, especially with that. uh, uh, I mean, poor Matt Harvey. Not only do they have to trot him out there against a pretty good you know, lineup, but they've got McBroom and Hunter Dozier out in the outfield. I mean, I know Harvey's not oh. necessarily a fly ball pitcher, but it's a, it's a very spacious ballpark. You got to kind of feel for uh, Merrifield. Uh, he's probably going to do a lot of running tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that makes me like Cardinals a little bit more. Uh, I wanted to have a hot take about them, but I mean, they're just a team that is not exciting, but I expect them to get to Harvey tonight. Uh, I like the Padres, uh, the Dodgers, not as much as – I don't think I like Dodgers as much as most people. And then I think uh, if there's one team that I, I like that hopefully goes under on, it's the Rockies. I think they will. Um, I pulled up uh, on our rankings, you know, the expert rankings, like four or five of us do it every single day, myself and Grant uh, and Cheese did it today. Uh, we added recently, if you guys aren't aware, keep scrolling down. We do position by position, but now we added our favorite five stacks as well. Uh by the way, I'm not sure. Are you playing the early slate? I see the chat asking about the early slate. I'm not. Uh, yeah, the best stack in the early slate, I don't know who's playing. I think there's a couple doubleheaders. I think it's the Mets and the Marlins, but I don't know. De Jong, I think it's De, De Jong is pitching. Stack against them. Chase De Jong is going to get shellacked. Maybe he already got shellacked. Maybe he picks great. I don't know. I was doing research last night, and I got excited. I'm like, oh, this is not in the main slate. But, uh, yeah, whoever Chase De Jong is pitching against, play those dudes. Um well, you mentioned that, and that's an interesting thought that most people don't talk about as far as a pitcher's defense. Uh, how much do you care about that, or you just found, like, that's an outlier? Like, well, if O'Hearn and McBrun are in the outfield, like, you know, you, you, that's going to hurt your pitcher. Defense matters when you're not striking out the dudes. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and, you know, Harvey's not a five-ball pitcher uh, unless he's giving up long balls. Uh, but you would just think, you know, he's not going to – he hasn't been shown anything like he's the old Matt Harvey where he has – you know, 10 strikeout ability. Uh, and <laughs> you go out there and you flank Merrifield with, uh, you know, two first basemen in um, it's in a, in a, in a spacious ballpark. Um, I think that there's a lot of double and triple uh, triples in that, in that Cardinals lineup tonight. So Chicago, all the Chicago is, is looking pretty good to me, especially from first base. You got Encarnacion, you got Rizzo, you got Abreu who's scorching. If you believe in hot, hot streaks, uh, is that kind of what we're starting as far as first base when you can pick on Cueto with uh, with Bellinger, who's obviously a great play, you know, left lefty there against. I understand it's 
Well, hey, let me ask you this. You're always on top of ballparks. What's your thoughts as far as the ballpark in, in San Fran? Is that real, uh, what they've adjusted there? I don't really think so. You know, I, and I haven't paid, watched too many games out there. I watched that Angel series, and nothing really changed. looked like it changed much to me. I know that they did move in some fences here or there, but in my opinion, it's still, it's still a pitcher's park, and that's part of the reason why uh, I'm probably not as high on the Dodgers against a guy like Cueto's. You know, he's not going to, he's not a world beater, but um, he's kind of proven in the last few starts that he's a guy that you just really don't want to stack against. And he, He's crafty and he gets the most out of what he has. I'll give exactly. him that. Yeah. You know, he was once yeah. excellent. Like he's no longer that guy. Uh, yeah. You know. He'll mess with your timing and whatnot. And the Dodgers know that, but you know, the problem is all the Dodgers are expensive and you never really know where that home runs are going to come from. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, one through nine can certainly take Cueto deep, um, but I don't expect all of them to. And for that reason, plus with the uh, them being super expensive, I'm, I'm going to have some of them, but I don't like them quite as much as some of these other teams. Should I know who Josh Fuentes is? He's playing first base for the Rockies. I'm not sure if I'm aware of this person. Yeah, he's he's had a he's had a cup of coffee before. Um, okay. Nothing, not not a world beater by any means. But, he's super um, cheap on DK for what it's worth. Yeah, but. he certainly, uh, certainly uh, in play. I'm reading the chat here. Hey, like and subscribe. Much appreciate that. And I'm just finding out now. You know how I was saying pre-show before this show, I was doing a sports card show, so I didn't see lineup sprinkle out. No Matt Carpenter versus Matt Matt Harvey. Come on, what's up with that? Yeah, it uh, makes you think. Uh, well, Matheny's managing on the other side. Um, <laughs> makes you think he's. Uh, Coming back to haunt the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, a little curious about that one, especially given, you know, Harvey's struggles versus left-handed batters. But, I mean, they're trying to get at bats for guys. I don't necessarily – I can't make a case for for why. Um, But it's one of those things. Brad Miller's been hitting better. And you know what? I'm going to tilt you. At least this this tilts me. Like, you go on your rants. Angels, that's your team, right? Explain this to me, Boggs. Why? You're the manager. You're Joe Madden. You get to choose how many times guys bat. Why would you willingly say, I want David Fletcher to bat more than Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout? Explain that. Well, he's just – Fletcher's a table setter. Um, I I don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, slotting in Otani, uh, batting second against a lefty like they did last night. And I know they wanted to give Listella a night off. Um and I think it's just part of the reason where he wants Trout batting third, wants Rendon batting fourth. And so if a guy needs a day off, then, you know, Otani will go in there. But that wasn't uh, <laughs> ideal, especially against the lefty and Valdez. Maybe I'm nuts. I would just bat Trout. I want Trout batting first. I want him to get the most at-bats possible. I think Atlanta oh, has I've been saying it for years. I, I've, I want him leading off as well. But, you know, Fletcher's capable leadoff hitter. I think Trout should be batting second. Um, yeah, why does it take Joe Madden forever to put on a lineup? That's another good question. Because <laughs> well, everyone's, tapping everyone's been injured. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone's dealing with something, and I think he likes to wait and go through batting practice before making a decision. And you know, I think he likes with with the, with the rookie Adele. You know, he's got a long. He's overmatched, man. He's yeah. way overmatched. Like I, I, I want him to be good, but and like he's he would be in the minors if there was minors, right? I exactly. assume he would. Yeah, That's there's no minor league baseball. But like, yeah, he just looks—he looks like a rookie that is still trying to figure things out. Hopefully, he does soon enough. Hey, uh, Luke Boyd, you mentioned the Yankees. He's got, I think, ten homers. Uh, Ian Anderson. We don't know what we're going to get out of Anderson. Probably a short, uh, a short outing, and then that Atlanta bullpen. You're locked in for nine innings. Nice ballpark. Pretty fair price too. Four point four K on DK. Is Voight one of your favorite first basemen? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, he's certainly going to be a part of Yankee stacks. You can. Use him as a one-off. You can use any Yankees uh, as a one-off. Um, I don't typically like using Gardner, but that's yeah. for another day. But yeah, Voight, uh, uh, not super consistent, but at that price tag in a Harris Park, like you mentioned, guaranteed uh, at least uh, four or five at bats, and probably more if uh, <laughs> my my predictions are right. But um, definitely, definitely like Voight at that price tag. Um, like all the mention, all the guys that I like from the eight teams, um, 
the one guy that I think if you want to kind of get contrarian, I was kind of hoping he was bad in six like he had been was Encarnacion uh, because on DraftKings, you can't put in both. On FanDuel, he's probably going to be highly owned because he's, you know, bad fourth. But uh, yeah. I, I think I said in the expert survey that he was going to be my contrarian guy. It's going to be tough. You know, you want to play a Brady, especially in the stacks. But, you know, there's an off chance that, uh, you know, Encarnacion can hit two home runs and uh, carry the top. At low ownership, which is probably what he's going to be on DraftKings tonight. Boggs, the uh, the keystone position, second base. I imagine, uh, especially on DK and Fanduel as well too. Uh, you know, we got a lefty leading off versus Matt Harvey, not the best lefty in the world, but Colton Wong is three point three K. We know about Harvey's struggles against lefties in particular. Uh, we live in the world with salary cap; can't just roster the best players. That would be no fun. That's too easy. Uh, he kind of helps make things work. That's your cash du jour second base, correct? I mean, I don't know who else, where else you'd go for cash. Uh, I guess absolutely. mostly if you can get there, I suppose, but probably not. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of the night where, like I said, I'm paying for pitcher, which means, you know, the catcher position in second base, so probably we're going to try and find some savings. And fortunately, Wong is in a good spot. Uh, he's not going to break the bank. Uh, you can pivot. You can find some more savings from a guy like Kipnis, a little bit cheaper, even though he's bagging ninth. Um, or, or you can punt completely with Tyler Wade, which not uh, the sexiest pick in the world, but um, uh, you could do worse, a whole lot worse. Is Kipnis terrible now? I feel like he's terrible now. I mean, I don't think he's been doing that bad. <laughs> just kind of, he doesn't get it consistent at bats. Um, you know, it was a low risk signing for the, for the Cubs, his hometown team. Um, he has good numbers against Turnbull for what it's worth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's cheap. You, you get what you pay for, that kind of thing. And, well, I mean, this season specifically, he's got a 314 ISO and a 432 Woba. He's striking out a lot, but, okay, he's flashing some power. I'll give him that. Uh, for, I mean, I thought he was worse than that. Uh, they were talking in the chat about uh, – and I think we don't really care for small sample sizes, but Tim Anderson's uh, splits versus lefties this year. His ISO is like 900, which is insane. I've never seen that before. It's like, whoa, that's an insane number. Uh, and of course, when we talk about absolute off, you like the White Sox, I like the White Sox too. Uh, other second basemen that are kind of worth talking about. Mendick is a cheap punt if you want to, you know, if you're stacking up the White Sox, he's sure. 2.6K. Uh, Moustakas, if you want to spend up for sure. They did bump up Cronenworth all the way up to 3.5K. Now it's an overprice. Uh, I like Kendall Marte. I like his skill set, but I don't necessarily want to pick on uh, Marquez so much. Uh, it's, and again, Muncie, if I can get there at 5.4K, I like that. Uh, I think you can play multiple multiple positions. But otherwise, second base is pretty scarce for me. Yeah, it's just like catcher tonight. Sad as it is, it's just the way it is. All right, well, let's jump to third, uh, hot corner. You're talking about those Rockies. I, I think Arenado, I think. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. Well, they're asking in chat, give me a pivot away from Carpenter because Carpenter was the cash game third baseman, my initial build out or today. It's like, okay, I have Carpenter at third. He's 3.6K. I got to make things work. Um, now where do I go? If I had Carpenter, what, what, what do I do? Yeah, see, that's the problem is uh... – there's really no one in that, you know, kind of 3.6 K range on DraftKings, which is a bummer because, you know, um, if I'm stacking lineups, just kind of building some pre-show, uh, that's kind of where I fall. Um, but, you know, if you can get up to Brad Miller, I think he's a fine, you know, replacement. Um, again, we don't really want to pick on uh, Marquez, but Escobar, Along with all the Diamondbacks, they've uh, they've hit him around quite a bit. Probably been at Coors Field most of the time, but yeah, it's uh, it's really fortunately for most of these teams that I'm liking, the third baseman is going to be part of the stack. Um, but yeah, it's a bummer that Carpenter's not in there. It's probably a good thing if you think about it, though, because uh, I probably would have eaten that chalk. But um, yeah, that's uh, Brad Miller's probably. And then, you know, it's Brad Miller, and then when you go down, there's there's not a whole lot to love. Pick one of the Cardinals. I know you can play them both because of multi-position eligibility, but you're, you're going to play one. You take Miller or you take Edmund? It'd be Miller 100 times out of 100. Edmund doesn't really, really do it for me. Um, sure, he can steal a base. He doesn't really have power, though. He's a guy I'll, oftentimes I'll, I'll leave off a Cardinal stack, but um, probably don't have to do that tonight. Um, just, just saying, he, he's not terrible, but he's more of a – you know, contact speed guy. And those aren't the guys I really want. I want the guys that can do the damage and, you know, last from the past, Brad Miller um, coming out of nowhere. He's having a strong year. This is a stupid question because there's really no, like no way of knowing the answer, but I'm just curious. 
like how uh, the Cardinals, some of these guys coming back from COVID uh, just recently, like how do you handle that? You know what I mean? Like they're facing Matt Harvey. It's appealing, assuming it's in a vacuum, but I would, I mean, and how do you know how it's affecting them to various degrees, different people? And is that a concern for you? Or like if they're playing, I'm playing them and that's that. You know, I think it would be maybe more concerning if you had like a, you know, like a guy, like a young, young kid, like a Tatis or a Cunha, but you know, it's Yari Merlina and, and Dion. Um, you know, those guys are kind of veteran guys and Yadi especially. I don't think it affected it. I think being forced out of the lineup probably affected with his emotions. Uh, Cause you know, a guy like Yadi just wants to be out there behind the dish, but um, I, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't put too much stock in it. I'll say that's probably the reason why Carpenter is not in the lineup because they want to get these, some of these guys at bats, but yeah, I don't really have a strong take either way. Uh, you like Bodie as a punt at 2.6K? Yeah. He had an absolute bomb last night, and that's part of the reason why I, I, I like the Cubs. Um, you know, it's it's not an ideal ballpark, but the weather has been really conducive to hitting. He had like a 440-foot home run last night. Um, and, yeah, he's at a punt price. So, you could, like I said, you could do a lot worse. Hey, let's do a screen share. We got time. You mentioned the weather. Let's show off Kevin Ross uh, Weather Edge tool. Uh, they were talking in chat about premium. This comes free with premium as well. I believe you can purchase it a la carte, but like, well, I mean, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm fairly certain you can get a la carte, but it, if you have the real, regular premium package, this comes with it as well. Uh, scroll down and sort of see if anything is sort of popping for us. Devin's doing the screen share. He's all over it, multitasking. Much appreciate that. Um, well, this is a small sample as far as the Atlanta New York game because. Well, we only have so many games, this new ballpark in Atlanta. But in 24 previous games, I'm not getting too excited about it. We've seen a decrease in homers at over 24%, uh, a decrease in runs at 11%. Uh, anything interesting as far as a big sample? I feel like we had one. Yeah. Okay, the Cardinals, this is bigger. Uh, and we have that uh, flame by it, too. Uh, I'm not sure if you see that, uh, Boggs. That lets you know it's hot. If you didn't know 92 degrees is hot, there's a flame next to it. Uh, and it's a, this is 78 games, 78 game sample size, pretty solid. Uh, we've seen an increase in homers at third. And this has nothing to do with who's pitching, who's hitting, and whatever. It's just all strictly based on the weather. And this isn't like 78 games that Matt Harvey has pitched in. Uh, we've seen an increase of homers of 13%, uh, an increase in runs of 5.2%, and an increase in the area at 8.5%. And, you know, some days nothing really pops. And other days it jumps off the table. Like when, for Wrigley days, we saw the other day, I'm not sure if you saw Boggs, where an increase in homers of like 50% in like 100 previous games. It's like, okay. And, of course, the, the total reflects it to some degree. It was at 10.5, and, and that was the day that Abreu banged out three homers. Probably not a coincidence. <laughs> He's also a home run hitter. Didn't hurt. But, uh, yeah, just feel free to check that out as far as, uh, you know, it's part of you. If you guys are premium members, you're not aware of some things. I saw him in chat talking about, I'm not aware of this, I'm not aware of that. There's lots of stuff on the site that you don't even get to sometimes. All right, uh, let's jump back to shortstop box. What do you have for me? Yeah, the shortstop's loaded tonight. Um, I, I typically love to, to pay up for because it is such a premium position. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, you could really go no wrong. I mean, you got Tatis, you got Tim Anderson, you got Story. I, I mentioned I like the Rockies, and you got Seager way up at the top. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love to play all. He's of been them. awesome this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to love at shortstop tonight. And it's probably a night that uh, I'm going to be paying up for it because part of the stacks, I like the, I like all the stacks that these guys are on as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, don't ask me tell me which one's my favorite because uh, I think they're all in great spots. What are you uh, What are you playing tonight? Do you have it narrowed down? Do you have three main teams? You're running 150. What are you doing? No, I'm playing like uh, – I'm playing those eight teams that I mentioned. Uh, I'm probably out you know, three different variations of pitchers with them uh, on DraftKings. I gotcha. Uh, Going to go ahead and drop the weather. Uh, uh, let's see. Roth updated weather as of 530 in the East Coast. This was about 20 minutes ago or so ago. I'm going to drop it in chat for you guys. Uh, he's got the Philadelphia-Washington game at yellow-orange. I guess that's on the earlier slate. He never knows what games are on what slates. He does it for all of them. I suppose that's good if you'll play in the early slate. But uh, just for what it's worth, keep an eye on it. Roth will be on crunch time all the way up the lock. But as of right now, as of well, 530 in the East Coast when he published this, uh, that uh, New York Atlanta game is yellow orange. So, uh, and just so you know how the colors work, the the color that's in front is the dominant color. So, yellow orange is not as scary as orange yellow. You guys aren't aware. All right. Uh, anything else that you want to say as far as shortstop, or shall we jump to the outfield? 
No, not really. I mean, like there's the, the punt options aren't great. And uh, really, you know, it's those studs up at the top for me. So it's a spend position. There's a big opportunity cost as opposed to second base or catcher. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the only punt guy I would like mentioned is Tyler Wade. <laughs> uh, outfield. Like this is a weird thing. It's kind of like last night where I really like the pitching, you know, it's a different scale. Like I really, I love the pitching today. There's no team. Like you said, you like eight teams, but there's not really one that completely separates itself. Like I like four or five teams as well too, but I don't know if there's one that separates itself. And this is my general philosophy. Like I don't, I'm somebody that's fine playing, you know, three, two, two, you know, I don't have to do five, you know, five, one, 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 or five, you know, two, one, or however you do it as far as your stacks. And my thought process in that is also like, if somebody else likes that team, they're also making that team with a 50 or a hundred iterations. And there's more than one, somebody doing that. And I'm probably not going to hit the perfect order. So I might as well get a different shuffle of like just different pieces from different teams. And if there are three players on three different teams that go nuts, especially on Vandal, where people go four, four, you know, if I can pick out three players on three different teams that go nuts, the four fours are not, are going to at least have a, they can't have any more than two. If that makes sense. So that's hard to do, but that's the sort of my thought process. Is that the correct thought process? Is that something you have or feel free to add to it? I mean, it's, it's a, uh you know, we've got a pandemic going on and, you know, nothing's normal. Um, I think that absolutely you can, you can get away with doing that. And if it, if you can make it work, then uh, even more the better. Oh man, they're making fun of my hair and chat. I, I need a haircut box. Have you been getting uh, pandemic haircuts or you, you got some buzzers or what? No, I, I wanted to, but my fiance, she wouldn't, she wouldn't let me buzz my head. Is she not like a minor, like an amateur hairstylist these days? Like if you, you haven't asked her, I know that's nah. happening for a lot of guys. No, <laughs> I wish, but I don't right. really care either way. I wear a hat all day anyway. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of making that point because there's a lot of outfitters that I like, but I don't know if there's anybody I absolutely love. And I absolutely have to have, of course, you know, uh, th- th- there's some guys that are expensive that are kind of tricky to make it, make work in lineups, but, I don't know. Is there anybody you have to have in the outfield? Of course, Trout Missile, right? Uh, well, that's not on the main slate, is it? No. no. Yeah, I'm on the, I, I see his name, and I forgot to click on Classic. There you go. The 10-game slate. I'm sorry. Sorry you can't play Mike Trout tonight. But uh, run down the outfielders that are popping for you, because for me, just a bunch of guys that I kind of like, but I don't need anybody. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I mean, look, I said I like eight teams, but, you know, I wanted to narrow it down. It's just me not being so certain about all of them that I haven't been able to narrow it down. So, um, I mean, really the, the, the guys that stand out are the Chicago uh, Cubs, you know, hitters uh, at their price tags. Um, I think Schwarber, Hat are, are, a little, are severely underpriced. Um, the entire outfield for the Cardinals is essentially a, a solid punt play. Um Hard to go wrong with those guys. Well, who's your favorite? Forget Brad Miller. I think like Brad Miller. But like, let's say we're playing Brad Miller at third base. The Cardinals outfielders are batting seven, eight, nine. It's Dexter Fowler. He's he's toast, right? Like, I'm pretty uh, sure. I mean, no, okay. <laughs> it, it, it'd be between Carlson and he's obviously a little bit more exciting, hundred dollars cheaper than Fowler than Bader. That's how I rank them. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to play Bader though. You want the lefties against Harvey? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, ideally, you want them hit a little higher, and like they they're not going to hit three times against Harvey. Maybe not even two times. Probably twice. Maybe two IVs there against Harvey, depending how things are going. Um, other, I mean, if Cole Calhoun leads off against uh, you know Herman Marquez, I like Marquez, but it's a pretty good price, a three point eight k. You know, again, that's how you get the Marquez with some lefty pop. Uh, if you have the money for sure, Bellinger and Betts have at it. That's good times. I, I like Jock Jams, especially hits at the top, but. Again, I'm always he always like this the chance he gets the hook, you know. If a lefty comes in, depending on the situation. Uh, oh, who do we see? Didn't uh, Eli Jimenez doesn't only that second, does he? I feel like he got a, a bump up in the lineup. Yeah, no, he's usually either clean up or you know a little bit you know further down in the order. Yeah, like I said, he's fine. Uh, uh, and uh, the whole White Sox lineup, I'm very interested. I, I just prefer the Schwarber uh, Hap combination they're they're really cheap um Schwarber is this is is my guy tonight yeah Schwarber is 2.7k on Fandle he's 4.1k on DK batting fourth there versus Turnbull that bullpen locked in for nine innings if things go fairly reasonably well for the Cubbies he gets five babies 
He's another guy that on occasion gets the hook of a lefty comes in, depending on the game situation, but most likely it's not going to happen. It's happened before. It's documented, but most likely it won't happen. Uh, how do you feel about Judge and Acuna coming back? Of course, I mean, Acuna coming back versus Garrett Cole. Maybe he should take another day off. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I guess you're willing the roster. You know, Judge is back. You're assuming he's fine if he's in the lineup and, you know, all systems go here against Anderson. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was a little overstated, you know, then putting him on the DL in the first place. Um, it was a strained calf. I mean, I'm, I think it was a couple of the day injury, but I think they just needed some depth. Um, uh, he's going to be part of my stacks. I'm probably not going to use him as a one-off. Uh, no interest in Acuna. Uh, and I don't think you really need to go there against Cole. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's really nothing aside from all the guys we really talked about. You mentioned Acuna, like you wouldn't play him. Is there anybody – like would you play any one-off on Minnesota versus Beaver? Uh, would you play uh, any one-off on Milwaukee versus Castillo? Like, you know, Yel- nobody's going to play Yelich, but for sure he can bang one out off of Castillo. If you had to pick one of those guys or a one-off on Pittsburgh, uh, not ideal, but, you know, considering ownership and yada, 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 gamesmanship and theory, game theory, is there one guy you'd pick that, like, that's not in an ideal matchup but can overcome it? Uh – it might be, you know, a, a guy like David Peralta, maybe Calhoun. Um, I just, uh, you know, I just, I think you're leaving potential on the table. Um, if, you know, guys like Yelich, Acuna were, were priced relative to their matchup, and then I think that would be a good way to get some leverage. But I'm not going to go out of way, sacrifice a potential pitcher uh, just to get in a low-owned bat when there's – just plenty of other spots to, to, to find the same. If not, you would expect better success elsewhere. Um, that's not to say that on a given night, Yelich can't break the slate, but yeah, I just don't think it's very likely to happen tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think last night it's different conversations, just a seven game slate where there wasn't many teams that went nuts, but I think a Milwaukee stack might've took things down. Uh, they hit what, at least three homers, I believe. Some questions in chat. Uh, again, if you guys are in chat watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, Going to knock out a couple questions before you step aside and make way for crunch time. Again, crunch time, 610 for basketball. Andy Means, thank you guys uh, up to 630, which is tip-off for that. From 630 into lock for baseball, which is seven and change, seven in a few minutes. You got SDL cards. You got Kevin Roth for weather. And I believe you have Derek Cardi as well. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, he's been erratic. Uh, great outing last time. Any interest in him tonight, or is he uh, expecting a whooping or somewhere in the middle? And I would say somewhere in the middle. He's one of those guys I rarely roster, unless I'm in a pinch as far as, you know, it's a, it's a weak night for pitchers. And I usually don't pick on him. That Like, he just he exists, but not really. That's yeah, I, and, you know, I mean, look, you could say, well, hey, he had dominant outing, in a, you know, against the, the tough Dodgers lineup. Um, but then <laughs> you're gonna, if you're going to say that, then you're going to say, well, have you been watching the Padres lately? Um too dangerous for me, and look, I think that I won't say it's a every night. 9K outing against the Dodgers is a fluke, but um, it, it's still – it's. I'm not going to mess around with him tonight. What do you think of the Paddock-Marquez combo on DK? Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I think Marquez can pitch deep into this game. Um, I, I could understand why – uh, you would want to spend down. Uh, I don't think you just, I don't think you have to, if you do, uh, I certainly would, would play Marquez over, like we mentioned, even Manaya, um, and certainly over Marco Gonzalez, but, uh, I don't want to play him. I haven't really completely built on my lineups. It's probably a Dodger stack, um, cause they're all expensive, but, um, look, there's a, there's a path of success for, for Marquez and definitely love Paddock, although he will be highly owned. Uh, top two pitchers on DK, uh, we think it's Bieber. Like, Bieber, Cole, and Paddock, like, pick two of those three. Like, that, that, that's sort of where I'm at. I think you can make that work with some of the prices out there. And I think the arms are much more appealing than the bats as a collective. Yeah. Uh, you're th- you like the Colorado stack. You're asking about Colorado, yes? Thumbs up in Colorado? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was w- waiting to see what the deal with Blackman is. I'm a little hesitant on him. Um, I know he has good numbers against lefties. Um but if the, if the stack goes off, I think he might be the first guy to get the hook uh, just as a precaution. Um, it was really not so much a full stack that I loved. It was more so this story 
in Art Auto and, and Camp, who's who's really cheap. Um, but Once upon a time, he used to crush lefties. I don't mean to cut you off, Boggs. We got to go. We got to make okay. way for crunch time. You shook the rust off. You were fabulous. You were great, Boggs. Uh, your first show of the year. He was Boggs. I was Dean. Thanks to Devin for producing the show. Stay tuned for crunch time. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.